0: Section 15 of Claimants to Royalty This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Claimants to Royalty by John H. Ingram The False Voldemar II of Brandenburg A.D. 1345-54 to The history of this adventurer is rendered more than usually interesting from the fact that several authors have taken up cudgels on his behalf, and vehemently assert that he was truly the man he asserted himself to be. Not only author's ink, but, unfortunately, a great quantity of human blood was wasted in the dispute, and that, too, without the world being any the wiser. The facts, as they are recounted by historians, stand thus. Voldemar II, Marquis of Brandenburg, was a thirteenth elector of the family of the Counts of Ascain, a family closely related to many of the royal houses of Europe. After a reign of about three years, Voldemar, following the example of so many of his contemporaries, determined upon making a pilgrimage to the holy land having settled all his temporal affairs and left his brother john the fourth in possession of his electorate he started upon his pilgrimage attended only by two men he set off on his journey without informing his brother or any of his subjects what route he intended taking or indeed furnishing information of any kind relative to his intentions Voldemar and his brother John were the only surviving members of the elder branch of the house of Ascain. But, previous to his departure, the royal pilgrim obliged his subjects to swear that in the event of him and his brother dying childless, they would receive for their sovereign a prince of the house of Anhalt, which was a branch of the Ascain family. This was A.D. 1320 twenty-four days after voldemar's departure his brother john died suddenly not without suspicion that he had been poisoned the absent elector apparently unconscious of the sad event did not return and it was quickly noised abroad had also met with a sudden death the emperor louis acting in opposition to all right save that of might instead of allowing the duly recognised prince to succeed took possession of the electorate, and invested his own son, Louis, with it. This usurpation would appear to have been effected, without exciting much opposition at the time. But eventually, after numberless declarations and reservations of their rights had been made by different princes of the empire, the whole question was reopened, by the appearance of a man claiming to be the long-lost Voldemar, In order to afford a fair idea of this pretender's claims, it will be necessary in the first place to recount the story of his appearance, as detailed by the authors favouring the theory of his being an impostor, and then to produce the evidence offered by those of the opposite party on his behalf. The received opinion is that Rudolf, Duke and Elector of Saxony, being desirous of wresting the electorate of Brandenburg from Louis of Bavaria, the Emperor's son, under the pretence that he himself was a member of the house of ascaine and finding it difficult to get the two electorates of saxony and brandenburg vested in one person produced a certain man whom he doubtless meant to use as a tool this man he declared to be his dear cousin voldemar who had disappeared nearly twenty-five years previously on the pilgrimage to the chief places of the holy land which he had it was given forth for visited, but had been taken prisoner, and been kept in captivity by the infidels until recently, when he had contrived to effect his escape. Several different versions of this story exist. Some writers assert that the pseudo Voldemar was a miller of Sandraslaw, and others say a native of Belzies, named Jacques Reboc. He was, they moreover allege, an habitual liar, and a cunning vagabond, possessing some resemblance, in form and face, to the lost prince. Such resemblance, indeed, as the number of years that had elapsed since his disappearance, combined with the fatigues and miseries he had endured, might have left in the veritable Voldemar. He had, they add, dwelt for a number of years in Saxony, where he had been well instructed, as to the former life and family connections of the deceased elector, as well as put in the way of counterfeiting on his person the various marks by which he might deceive the world. Thus runs the story as told by the advocates for the imposture theory. Presently it will be seen what can be said on the other side, whilst now it will be as well to hear what happened upon the appearance of the claimant. The rumor of Voldemar's return from a long and painful captivity in Turkey having quickly spread over Germany, the people were everywhere in a state of intense excitement to see him, and when he reached Brandenburg, the populace at once declared for him and compelled the elector Louis to retire. Charles the Fourth, who had succeeded Louis the Fourth as emperor and was on bad terms with the elector Louis, the late monarch's son, declared for the claimant as did also the rulers of brunswick pomerania mecklenburg and several others including voldemar's relatives the duke of saxony and the princes of anhalt in thirteen forty eight a congress was held at which almost all the nobility recognized the claimant as the legitimate elector whilst as for the lower classes they received him back with transports of joy. Such was their enthusiasm at getting their old ruler back. Indeed, and their delight at being delivered from the dominion of the Bavarians, who had taken possession of their country, after it had been for two hundred years governed by the house of Asken, that they furnished the supposed Voldemar bountifully, with goods and money, and rendered him every assistance towards driving out Louis. Almost all the towns and cities acknowledged his authority, and promised obedience to his rule. Louis at once commenced proceedings for the recovery of his lost electorate, aided by Casimir, king of Poland, the king of Denmark, who singularly enough was also named Voldemar, and by some other potentates, equally desirous of having a hand in their neighbours' affairs. He soon found himself able to place a good army in the field. A desultory warfare that endured for some years now commenced between the rival electors, but finally Voldemar inflicted such a signal defeat upon his opponent's forces that Louis relinquished the contest in disgust and retired to his domains in the Tyrol, making over his claim upon Brandenburg to his two younger brothers. This transference of the electorate. It should be mentioned, the Emperor Charles afterwards confirmed by letters patent in 1350, notwithstanding the contestation of Voldemar and his partisans. According to the popular account, the pseudo Voldemar was ultimately overthrown, condemned to death, and burnt as an impostor, whilst the veritable Marquis is stated to have died in 1322. Either at a place called Coracai or at Stendal. Thus runs the commonly accredited story. But summing up later and equally reliable records, the favourers of the idea that it was really the Elector himself who reappeared put the case thus The Archbishop of Magdeburg, primate of Germany, a man totally uninterested either way and known for his probity, would not, they say, Have recognized and have given his testimony on behalf of the claimant, unless satisfied as to his identity. Nor, they further remark, would the Emperor Charles and so many other princes have exposed their lives and caused the effusion of so much human blood for an impostor. Moreover, one historian shows from contemporary records. That by the Electoral College of Germany, Voldemar was still believed to be alive in 1338, sixteen years after his alleged death. But as the official letter is only founded on a belief, its citation is worthless. The statement as to his decease in 1322 is, they point out, contradictory. Whilst, had the Elector Louis known of his predecessor's death, why did he not procure documentary evidence of the same? The Emperor Louis was known, moreover, to have entertained great hatred against the House of Ascagne, in consequence of its chiefs, Rudolf of Saxony and Voldemar I, uncle of the second Voldemar, having declared for his rival for the Emperor Frederick of Austria in 1313. What, however, chiefly confirms their view of the case in the eyes of the claimant's advocates is. Not only did Voldemar's relatives, the Duke of Saxony and the Princes of Anhalt, and that apparently contrary to their interest, acknowledge the wanderer, but they even, when he died in Dessau in 1354, nine years after his return, laid his bones amongst those of the ancestors of their illustrious house. According to the Chronicle of Magdeburg, he was buried at Dessau, in the Chapel du Saint-Esprit, which was the general place of sepulture for the princes of the sovereign house of anhalt end of the false of oldemar the second of brandenburg recording by john ingram